<laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is the show you're listening to now is called Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week we talk about things like urban legends, shoes for dogs, cryptozoology, shoes for large and small dogs. Well, it's just dogs. The way they walk in them. It's funny. It is very funny. Some dogs put on those shoes and they just feel like they own the place. They don't walk around silly at all. They're like, I'm not going to give in to your laughter, your entertainment. I'm not a puppet. I'm not a puppet. I'm a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got to talk about everything. Paranormal, (laughs) spooky, ghost related. I thought you were going to say, we talk about everything apparently. That too. Yeah. Well... Each week, Lindsay and I research a topic on our own privately, and then we come in to our house, which implies we're outside, and then (laughs) we sit down and we record the show together forever, and we talk about what we researched for the very first time on the show with you guys. Yeah, so we listen with you. Uh, Is that your ghost noise? It was my ghost, it was my ghost noise that it's sort of like a... Like when they have the uh, canned audience for sitcoms and stuff, when there's anything happens and it's oh or oh when something like that happens. Yeah. I think we need more canned audience uh, noises in our ghost show. Ghost noises. Or like ghost hunting shows whenever like they see something weird, there's always that high pitched like metal like oh, yeah. squeal. Mm-hmm. I don't know what instrument makes that, but. A lot of times. So our friend Troy did it one time, and Troy plays drums. And apparently you can hold a very big cymbal, like a ride cymbal. If anyone here is a drum setsman, uh, you hold your ride cymbal, and with your drumstick, you hold it vertically. This isn't very funny, but you put it in the center of the cymbal, and then you pull it towards you, and it makes that. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That crazy haunted noise. So we need a drummer on the show. Yeah, we need someone. A live drummer. Yeah, and not doing the like badoom thing, but like. Just squeal noises. Squeal noise. Yeah, we need, we need Eli Rexford Chambers, who actually <laughs> wrote the theme, the our theme song that you heard, or theme music, not a song, there's no lyrics. We need Eli in our house, and we'll set up a bunch of micro, uh, um, microphones around him and like a big percussion setup, and then he'll be our Foley artist, kind of, for our like live soundtrack doing haunted noises but we'll never talk to him no we won't say a word like he just comes in the house and does his thing and leaves yeah okay (laughs) cool so stay tuned for that maybe that'll be episode 50 we'll have eli in our house or maybe no we'll go to his house because if eli were to come here we would also have molly doing sound effects for us because she doesn't like strangers yeah scared she's very she's constantly scared yeah so we'll go to eli's house And then we'll do that there. So last time we talked about, well, I talked about some burial rituals. You did some very cool ones. You had some breaking scary news about a naked man being caught investigating a place. A guy barfing and then a brand new cryptid in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So we've been a little bit on a hiatus. We went to Detroit. We were in Detroit. Yes. And we made some brand new friends who are members of a coven in Detroit called the Satan House. We're, we, we were looking up information on the occult and black magic and witchcraft and Satanism and all this stuff, doing some research and for future shows. And we met uh, our new friend Thomas Elliott, who is the leader of a small Satanist coven in Detroit. And he was so nice and gave us a lot of good information. Yeah. We went to a rare bookstore in Detroit that was really cool as well. So if you're there, go check it out. I think it's John King. Yes. John King Books. It's in a really cool, old, looking haunted kind of building. I bet you the building, you and I didn't really check it out, but it's extremely haunted, I bet. Probably. It's it's old. It's it's like an old old warehouse or something. Yeah. Maybe bring a very cold bottle of water or a little fan, like a pocket fan. Yeah, it's warm in there. It's warm. But it was great. (laughs) Go there and go to the fourth floor. Talk to our brand new friend, Thomas. And stay tuned for a potential collabo episode with our new buddy Thomas 
down the road. More details soon in the future, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, and also last week we didn't release an episode. Lindsay wasn't feeling super great. But thank you guys very much for the outpouring of corgi pictures and puppy pictures online. All of you nursed Lindsay back to health. I am well now. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Lindsay, I started last time. So it's your week to start. Okay. Well, maybe being sick got me into a really interesting case. It's a little little deep. Okay. Is this all about vitamins? About what? Vitamins. No. Preventative medicine. Preventative medicine. No. It's actually the Arliss Perry murder. Arliss. This case is not solved. They do not have anybody in custody for this murder but it's a really intense murder okay so (laughs) there are some gruesome facts about this case which i kind of cut out for the show because we like to keep things pg but you are more than welcome to research on your own some things and i'll kind of give you the gist of what's going on I think we appreciate your censoring. So thank you, Lindsay. No problem. Okay, so Arliss Perry was married to Bruce Perry, and Bruce Perry was a sophomore at Stanford University, so California. Okay. And she worked as a receptionist there. She was only 19 years old, and they were married. This was in 1974. Okay, so the story of the night about Arliss Perry. October 12th, 1974, and it kind of just seems like a complete nightmare. It's kind of just a weird, creepy story. So Bruce, her husband, said that they were in an argument, and I guess they were fighting over something about tire pressure in the car, something silly. Arliss, being a really big Christian, she got frustrated and she left, and she said that she was going to go to the Stanford Memorial Church to go pray. She was a very religious person. She led a bunch of like different spiritual groups and was always kind of recruiting. So that was like her place to zen out and kind of go chill for a minute. Sure. So this was around like 11.30 p.m. when they kind of got into this little argument and then they parted ways. So Bruce went home and Arliss went to the church. She loved spending time in this old church that was um, the Stanford Memorial Church. And it was located in the main quad of the university. So it was a pretty well-known church. It was right out in the open. It's kind of, it was like, it was a very popular church. Yeah, it was a very popular church and people would go there quite often. So in the middle of the night, Bruce started to get very worried because Arliss still had not come home and he reported to the police. Um, They went to the church because he said that that's where she had said she'd gone and everything looked fine. The doors were locked because they closed the church, closed the church, I think around like midnight. So they, you know, they have a security guard, which his name was Stephen Crawford. And I thought you were going to say Stephen Cross, which would have been very fitting. Stephen Crumpard. <laughs> Why did you just make up Stephen Cross? Well, because cross like the cross, like a cross in a church. Uh, what did you say his name is? We went to a high school with Steve Cross. Oh, we did go to high school with Steve with, with a Steve Cross. <laughs> well, what did you? But anyways, what did you just make up his last name as? I don't even remember. Crumpard. Crumpard. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? I don't know. So the security guard's <laughs> name was Stephen Crawford. He would check the grounds at about 11.50 p.m. because, like I said, the church would close around midnight and he'd make sure that no one was there. Doing his rounds. Doing his rounds. Just checking everything out. So, I mean, obviously he didn't do a very good job because you'll find out why. (laughs) Um, So, Bruce was worried. He contacted the police. The security guard, Stephen Crawford, said he checked the grounds at 11.50. All the doors were locked. He even hollered inside and said... If there's any stragglers, you better wrap up your business and you leave. So <laughs> Did he say, and I remember for sure what I said. <laughs> so, I mean, he didn't obviously do a very good job because he just checked to make sure the doors were locked. And then he just yelled inside the church saying, if there's any stragglers, Man. just finish up your business and Straggler. leave. So Bruce was like, you know, she doesn't know a lot of people here. So that's unlike her to go like hang out at someone's house like this. This is really worrying Bruce at this time. So a few hours later, the police and the security guard go back to the church and right in the main altar area, that's where they find Arliss on the floor. In the main altar? Yes. So right in front of the main altar, when you walk into the church, you know how they when you walk in, you have the big aisle and then you have the big altar in the front. Oh, yeah. So 
what I'm saying is like that's very, very public. Like that's like that's the area of the church. Yes. So obviously Steve didn't He just do, yelled inside. Yeah, did he open the door, not even looking, go, All right, stragglers, move it or lose it and didn't even like <laughs> pop his head in because he would have seen I guess. I mean Steve Steven didn't do a very good job. Yeah. Was his first day on the job? No, he had been there for quite some time. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe he was just so used to no one ever being in there and knowing that it closed at midnight that he just I don't know. So, I think let at least that part be a lesson. Pop your head in. Take yeah, a, maybe like do your job. If you're secu- that's like that's your one job is like at eleven fifty to make sure no one's in the church. Just like go in the church, make sure no one's in there. Yeah, and 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 people typically rag on security guards for being like, okay, we get it, and like they don't do a very good job. Prove them wrong, Steve. Pop your head in, buddy. Oh, Crawford. But anyways, they found her on her back with a five-inch long ice pick jutting from her head. Her head? She had been strangled, and she lay there with candles on her chest and around her body, and she also was found partially nude. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, kind of going into it a little bit, they have a few suspects that they thought, but it kind of didn't really go anywhere. So the people who were in and out of the church that night, one was never identified, and the resemblance between the unknown man and the strange visitor to Arliss's workplace on October 11th was significant. So let me talk about that. There was a lady that worked with her, and Arliss had only been working as a receptionist for the school for a short period of time, so she didn't know her coworkers very well, and I guess a man with sandy blonde hair had come into Arliss's workplace. This is in California? This is in California. So of she was course. working and that coat worker stated to the police that she had never met Arliss's husband before. And she said the day before Arliss was speaking to a 25-year-old guy with sandy blonde hair that was in her office. She seemed shaken and upset when the man left. And like I said, since the coworker didn't know her well and she'd only been here, she assumed that it was her husband. Oh. So she was really shocked after the murder happened to meet Bruce because she's like, oh, wow, I didn't think you were her husband. I thought the guy that came into her office was her husband. With the typical, to me, at least fits the mold for typical California dude. Sandy blonde hair, at least that. Yeah. Maybe he was just making fun of how she couldn't surf. Maybe. And he was like, hi, do you even surf at all? And she said no. And he's like, <laughs> later. Later. And he did the, Don't like, go to church. The hang, loose, the hang loose sign. But anyways, that man, as two people were exiting the church that night, they said that they identified a man with sandy blonde hair going to the church after them. Okay. So why was this unknown man with sandy blonde hair following her? We don't know. So the killer, David Berkowitz, he's the son of Sam Killer. Oh, okay. Which is a whole different case. He's in prison and he claims to have some kind of knowledge of the case. So investigators were like, okay, weird. This huge serial murderer says he has knowledge of this case. They went to prison and David Berkowitz was just making it all up. Oh, of course. He just wanted some attention. So that kind of led to a dead end there are a few other theories though of different people so Arliss Perry was originally from Bismarck North Dakota and had moved to Stanford months earlier to live with her husband in California Bismarck is the only city in North Dakota that I know I didn't even know Bismarck I only I only know Bismarck what's the capital of North is it Bismarck is that the capital I don't know. Well, okay, because I don't think anyone North listens. North Dakota capital. I don't think anyone listens to our show who's in North Dakota. I think that it's there's like two states, North Dakota. <laughs> so maybe we'll get some North Dakotians and something else. North Dakota crew. All of our North Dakota crew, rise up. All of our Bismarck buddies, rise up. <laughs> Tell us about this case. Yeah. Tell us know, more. Yeah, if you know about it. But she was really well known. She was definitely sheltered in her upbringing. And she was also very trusting and very just well mannered. 
Okay. So she was just a very innocent person. A very nice And she woman. was only 19 as well. She was only 19 when this happened? She was only 19. Goodness they were gracious. Married. Yes. So Bruce was just, the husband was ruled out because he had such contact with the police this whole time this was happening mm-hmm. that they just really didn't think that he did it. But I found it weird that like he said that they got in an argument at 1130 and then she went to the church. The security guard checks the church at 1150, says doesn't see anyone, even though there's a murdered person at the altar in the middle of the church, right directly in the middle. Like you could probably open the doors and probably have seen this. So. That's that's the part that at least knowing what I know now, I'm I'm sure that I'll know more in the next 10 minutes or so. But that's the part to me that is the most frustrating. Yes, but the two people that exited the church, they did not witness um, Bruce as one of the people, that sandy blonde hair guy that went in. Yeah. So these two people exited the church at around 11.50 when Stephen Crawford made his rounds. So that means that in Stephen Crawford's defense, at 11.50, she probably was not murdered. Oh, okay. So because two people exited. So two people and Stephen Crawford would have seen something. Are the two people who exited the church suspects? So they were not suspects because I think they were just two townspeople that people knew. And they were just there to pray at the end of the night and leave. What if they walked out? And this is something that Steve forgot to mention. Like, yeah, they walked out. And I know it's for sure not it's I know for sure it's not them because they told me no need to look inside, Steve. Everything's good. We just kind of did it for you. So then he wouldn't look in there. <laughs> I don't think. No need to pop your head in, Steve. Everything's good. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that happened. And it was a little suspicious that they saw a sandy blonde haired guy in which that guy just visited her office the day before. Yeah. And no one knows who this dude is. The 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 leader of a rival surf gang. So I don't know if our list had like a little fling with this guy or if he was just harassing her and maybe she didn't want to tell Bruce to make him worry. Sure. We don't know. Again, Bruce was growing anxious. At 12.15, he called the police, so it wasn't that much soon after, and he kept in contact, and they were searching the whole campus for her, and I mean, he was in a true panic, so Bruce was definitely X'd out as a suspect. So 5.45 that morning is when they opened the church for memorial services or just to go and pray, and that's when they found her body. Oh my god! So it... I mean, this was like a five, six hour span, like before they found her. So Steve locked the doors and went, well, I did a good job today and left. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, the investigation was not huge. They didn't have a lot of evidence to go off. They found two good pieces of evidence and it was a DNA sample that was found near the body. And there was also a palm print that was found on one of the candles near her body. Okay. So you so, you had said that there were some candles placed around her body. Yes. Okay. And one on, found on her chest. Yes. So this evidence, the palm print and all that stuff, they did not match. This is where you have, you know, ruled out the two people that exited the church. It did not match them. It did oh. not match Stephen Crawford. And it did not match Bruce Perry. Okay. So they were all nixed out of the case okay so we'll get into like theory suspect number one so a lot of conspiracy theorists believe that perry's body was arranged in such a way like they said this is stuff that you can look up on your own and it was arranged in such a way that it was looked like it was a satanic or satanic ritual oh boy so the body was posed in such a way that her legs created the diamond shape in order to resemble a pentagram leading many to believe that her murder was some type of satanic ritual. Other religious groups in that time called Process Church of the Final Judgment, also known as The Process, which had ties to Satanism around that area, was under suspicion. So apparently while she was living in Bismarck, Arliss like supposedly attempted to recruit some of the members of this organization. So that's why they they believe that this organization had something to do with her murder. So Arliss was trying to convert these people over to uh, Christianity, Catholicism or something. Yes. And they were really found in her hometown. They were also in California, but she had tried to actually recruit some of the process group into Christianity. And when she was buried in her hometown, a big thing that they thought that this was a little suspicious is that the marker or the tombstone from her grave had been destroyed. 
Whoa. So somebody was mad at her. Yeah. So that was kind of like theory suspect one was this satanic group. When when they found the broken headstone in Bismarck, was there like a scent of like coconut suntan lotion? No. <laughs> okay. No. So suspect two, another suspect who was looked at many years was a flutist who supposedly had been seen at the church the same night of the murder playing his flute on the altar. He was wearing an afro wig while candles were burning all around him. So So I don't know when this happened or like why Stephen Crawford didn't say like, okay, we got this flutist in here wearing an afro wig with a bunch of candles. Oh, you know what? One thing I forgot to mention is, yeah, there was this dude... (laughs) In an Afro wig, and he had a lady draped in cloths, and he was just playing flute at her. But this is the thing. The person that claimed that this happened didn't come out to for many years later that she had seen this in the church. And the flutist was a well-known musician in New York City. I did not get his name. It was not mentioned. <laughs> I thought I'd ask you because you are a musician. But I'm just trying to think like of a well-known flutist in like New York City. So I think this was kind of ruled out because I think this lady just wanted to make up an elaborate story. Now, the only well-known male flutist that I can think of now, like popular music flute player, is Herbie Mann. And we used to own his record. I think the album's called Push Push or something, where he is shirtless. Is it called Pickaxe? Because maybe... He put one in her head. It's not called pickaxe, but for the very <laughs> for I was going to say the 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 very first time, but for like the third time, I just want to show you why I think it might be Herbie Mann. Does he wear Afro wigs? I I'm not positive, but I think that you. I mean, it's once you look at the photo of the cover of this record. You might think, oh, well, he would definitely wear an Afro wig. I could see that, too. Was he really big in, like, the 70s? I don't know. Maybe? I mean, this this looks like a very 1970s photo. Yes. Well, so that that's the only flute player I can think of that it would that it would have been Herbie Mann. There, I didn't find any evidence supporting this. I think it was just the hearsay of this woman coming out and saying, like, I saw this flutist. He was at Stanford, which I believe because a lot of musicians will go through campuses, especially Stanford, to give performances, but oh, to yeah. like be playing at like midnight, his Maybe. flute, like on the altar. Now, this also sounds very like new music-y, quote unquote, or like modern music where it's very experimental and like it blurs the lines between music and performance art and stuff like that. So maybe this is just a giant a giant performance piece and this guy and, and the lady, hand. wrong place, wrong time. He was dressed <laughs> up like a weirdo and then there's a murder that happened. So of course you'd be like, oh, well, of course it was the Afro wig wearing flute guy. Well, the police investigated it and the lead went absolutely nowhere. So <laughs> I would hope that that, that that guy would have been actually at the church when Arliss was there and she just sort of like, quote unquote, like prayed around him like, well, I'll just kind of scoot over here and I'll do my thing and ignore the flute guy. So that leads to the last suspect, which is the most, this is probably who it is, but they don't know who it is. So the day of her funeral, one of Arliss's coworkers, the one that was in her office, like I said, she was really startled to actually meet her husband, Bruce, because she had thought that he came in the day before and they had gotten an argument in her office. So she said that Arliss seemed shaken and upset when the man left. She said she didn't know who the man was, but she described him. She said he was a sandy blonde, tall man, about 25, wearing a blue T-shirt. And the people that had left the church, they identified the same man when they left the church and saw him go in. Anything about his swim trunks that he was wearing or? No, nothing about the swim trunks. They didn't know, but it was California and it was the 70s. So the police went into a lot of investigation and research with Charlie Manson because they were like, this seems like a very Charlie Manson thing to do. And if he has some 25-year-old, you know, beach bum kid that he can talk into killing this girl, then he might do it. So Charlie Manson was definitely considered. It, no leads really went to Charlie Manson, so they kind of let it go. But like I said, they, they have no idea who this guy is. So it seems like basically every single piece of evidence they had was purely speculative. 
Yes. And the DA, DNA evidence that they found near her body, like they have this man's DNA, but they still could not find this man. There was no trace of these fingerprints or this DNA to this person. So since they didn't have a person, they couldn't necessarily match it to anybody? I guess so. Because, I mean, you think about it, like if you've never been arrested, you probably aren't on file anywhere. But I thought that's why they take your fingerprints and stuff when you're like, in preschool or kindergarten. I'm not sure if they do that everywhere, but I remember at least when I was younger going to, or like the cops or the the police or whatever would would come to the preschool and we would all get fingerprinted and it was like a fun, special thing. Right. I mean, who knows? I mean, what if this person was, you know, brought up in like a hippie compound and they didn't ever have fingerprints? I mean, think about all the people in the world. Yeah. Also think about California too. And it's just crazy. I mean, what if they were someone from overseas? Yeah. I mean, what if they didn't have rights to their identity i don't know it's just all wacky but they actually still have numbers if you look up this murder case of helplines and any information that you can give to this murder because it was 1974 so this murder is probably still out there this murder is that's what 44 years old 84 94 2004 24 yeah 44 and people are estimating he's anywhere from 20 to 25 and 74 so he's older if it yeah. is him. Yeah, that would mean he's 69, 70 years old. But, I mean, that he still could be alive. This is insane. It's a crazy, crazy murder. I mean, yeah, they just don't really have any leads to anything. And the fact that, you know, she might have been tied to this weird satanic, like, cult somehow or someone was obviously harassing her. But it's just a wacky case. If you do look it up, there it is pretty gruesome. But, you know, we kept it on the PG. Do you think that's what the detectives say when they walked up there? They're like, oh, I can tell this is going to be a wacky case. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> They're like, wacky. Whoa. First things first, everyone buckle up. This one's going to be wacky. Stephen Crawford opened the church and he's like, if anybody's in there doing any wacky murder, <laughs> any, wrap okay, up your business. Any stragglers doing wacky stuff. Do you think there was a, do you think the whole reason why the like Afro or like when the Afro flute player thing came out, there was a bunch of performance artists or yeah, performance artists like in the New York or maybe California that heard about it and they were just about to like go out and perform like that. And they're like, oh, Afro flute, that was going to be my thing. And they had to like figure maybe. it out. Maybe that's why Herbie. Afro flute death. Maybe that's why, uh, which is my favorite form of death metal uh, is flute, flute inspired um, death metal. Yeah. That's really interesting stuff. I mean, I definitely think that someone was out to get her. It's weird that it was in a church and there was so many similarities to like satanic rituals that I do think that this guy killed her, but like his motive, no one knows. Yeah. And the fact that this, you know, the process, this satanic group was actually from her hometown. Mm -hmm. That's just suspicious as well. Yeah. What a wacky case. Yeah, don't get in an argument about your tire pressure because it's not worth it. <laughs> no, it's really not. But I think it's so don't funny. Don't go to in, the church and pray in, about it. In retrospect, these silly little arguments are like bickers that couples get into stuff. It's like all because of the tire pressure. Right. Like I bet that husband has to think about that the rest of his life. Like, Oh, it's terrible. I yelled at her because she was reading the tire pressure gauge wrong. Or I was I Look was I adamant. Did. I was at that's that's the whole ikea my my whole ikea theory whenever you go to ikea and you see it's typically couples arguing about what furniture to get it's like just let it go say it's just a stool i don't like just because you want one particular stool and and then they find you know the husband getting swedish meatballs with a you know fork in his head yeah and he's in a satanic position all because you wanted a flurg stool and your and your partner wanted a scrutal stool those are the funny Ikea names. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a wacky case. I thought <laughs> it was interesting. And I it was pretty sad, but It's very sad. But it's yeah. still it's still to this day there's there it's not case closed. As far as I know, everything I was researching, there was numbers on the bottom to call with wow. any information. So unless they found something new and I missed it, but as far as I know, it's still no leads. What a wacky case. Wacky. <laughs> Well, why don't we do a little bit of haunted housekeeping and then we'll come back and then I have some stuff. Okay. Okay. Well, we will see you guys in three, two, one. 
first sponsor this week is Warby Parker, our friends that help you see good stuff. Not bad stuff. When you put a pair of Warby frames on, you see all wonderful things and nothing bad. Yeah, I was uh, I was getting chased by a group of feral cats, and I put on my Warby Parkers. I you were going to say feral ghosts. I was getting chased. Ghost cats. All of it. I'm editing it out. I was getting chased by a group of feral demons, mm. and I put on my Warby Parker prescription sunglasses to block out the haters, <laughs> and I turned around, and they all looked like, what's a fun Gilbert actor? Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey, doing the I don't know I don't sort know. of a thing. Huh? I don't know. That's my Gilbert. <laughs> Is that good? That's good. What's your, Give me, hey, uh, quick new segment while we're advertising for Warby Parker. Give me your Gilbert. Give me your best Gilbert. Huh? <laughs> That's all I have. Ready? You got to ask me to give me, give me the. Give you, me. you do your Gilbert. No, give me the Gilbert. Give me the, give me the, <laughs> <laughs> give me the Gilbert. What? That's my Gilbert. Okay. Well, speaking of Gilbert Godfrey, actually, no more. Warby Parker is a wonderful place to grab prescription eyewear, including sunglasses these days, all for ni- starting at ninety-five dollars for the frames and the lenses included. They last a long time. There's no middle people. And they take your insurance now. Hey. uh, Yeah, they take most insurances now, which is great. So you could basically get an absolutely free pair of really stylish glasses. Lindsay got her last pair of Warbos. Let's just call them Warbos. Warbos. Lindsay got her last pair of Warbos for free, reimbursed through her, 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 uh, what's it called? Insurance. Yeah, it was great. And they have such cool frames too. There's been so many times I've gone to the eye doctor and you still pay 200 something dollars for like an okay pair of frames. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into the optometrist's office and okay, the exam's done. You walk through the room where you're looking at all the frames and I've just gotten physically ill. I've barfed nonstop all over these glasses. And I'm like, these things, what are these? What, how unfashionable? That's what I say. These are terrible. Unless you want a pair of Prada sunglasses, then (laughs) just pass. Just go to Warby Parker. You can try them all on for free. You can even have them just sent to your home if you don't have a brick and mortar. And yeah, it's great. You can do that for free as many times as you want until you find your magical pair of glasses. They are magical. Okay. So if you want to try some Warbos, say everyone's getting ready, well, not everybody, but say you're getting ready to go back to school, say you're teaching, say come September, September 1st, you're trying to rebrand, quote unquote. Get some new frames or get some new prescription sunglasses that you only wear indoors and then like just sort of create that new mood for yourself. So if you want to check out Warby Parker, you can go to bit.ly slash C-scav. And that's S-E-E scav. And start browsing. Start picking some frames. Fill your fill your home try-on box with five fun five fun frames. Get them sent to your house. Take pictures of all of them. Put them on the internet. Go to your Zanga journal. Upload them there. Do something fun. And then send them back. If you don't like them, get, a, get five new ones. Try them on until you find ones you like. Block out the haters and get your pair of Warbies. <laughs> Again, that is bit.ly slash C-scav. Start peeping. Our next sponsor is our friends, our lug, not luggable, our carryable luggage buddies over at Muzzum Backpacks. Muzzum Backpacks is a new backpack company that's making very minimalist design backpacks that are perfect for traveling, the gym, or perfect for going somewhere, going to the store. If you're putting your groceries in it, they're perfect for parent stuff, student stuff. It doesn't matter. There's a gigantic zip on the top uh, and it looks like a big tube and you can fit whatever you want inside uh, <laughs> it's a backpack there is a zip on the top and it looks like a big tube <laughs> well the way these ones open up it's like a it's tubular you want to check out some tubular backpacks with zip tops <laughs> go to muslim bags yeah, go to muzzum.com, M-U-Z-M-M.com, browse all their styles. It's actually really nice because they don't have a ton of different designs in terms of like the, the patterns on their bags. They're all very simple. And I think the more you have to choose from, the harder it is to make a decision, right? If you go up to a pop machine, just give me Coke, Diet Coke, or Sprite, maybe Fresca, I don't know. But the more you have to choose from, the more difficult it becomes. Then you mix them all together and then you do that and then you barf. Don't do that. So go to muzzum.com and then when you check out, use the code Jordan. 
Jarden Reed. That is J-R-D-N Reed. And you'll get 10% off of your order. And I believe you can use that coupon code as many times as you want, which is nice. So again, that's muzzum.com, M-U-Z-M-M.com. Use the code Jarden Reed and get 10% off of a brand new bag. Check them out. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you are reaching into your tubular cavernous muzzin bag, picking out which pair of sunglasses from War from Warbo that you're going to be wearing and listening to during this portion of the episode. I feel better that we tidied up our haunted housekeeping this week. I do too, because we didn't get to tidy up our haunted housekeeping last week. So un- under our carpet, there's a bunch of ghouls and demons that we're sweeping mm, them out. Yeah, sweeping out, out your sweeping out your demons. Get them out of here. <laughs> That's what I. I think I always say that. Yeah, just get them out of here. Get them out of here. <laughs> <laughs> on your tombstone, it'll say, "Here lies Jordan Reed." Quote: "Get them out of here." Get them out of here. Yeah, I say that a lot. But when when we, uh, I'm not sure if it came through in our live stream when we did the uh, Madison Seminary. Uh, that was episode 30 of our show. But we went in there, and I think the reason why we didn't see any ghosts is because we walked in, and the first thing I said, I was like, first things first, get them out of here." And, and they know to just not come out. Then yeah, they're like, "Oh, well, he's he might beat us up." Yeah, he's very intimidating. Yeah. Well, before I get into my my segment for this week. Linz, I have some more breaking booze Uh for you. Is it another naked man? No. Okay. Praise be. It is not another another (laughs) naked man. Naked man. (laughs) My favorite game for Nintendo was naked man. Because it sounded like Mega Man. Oh. It wasn't very funny. Yeah. Moving right along. I wasn't going to have any breaking booze, but I got an email from our friend Tom DeLong's company to the Stars Academy. And they're asking for help. In funding, they almost have the full funding, but they're asking for help in funding their brand new project that's called Project ADAM, A-D-A-M, which is an acronym, which stands for Acquisition and Data Analysis of Materials, which Mm. is so vague. Yeah. Because- They're like, let's make this sound really important, but at the same time, it won't make any sense. Well, I like- So so ADAM is in all caps, of course, right? Because it's an acronym. But it's very biblical sounding, Adam and Eve, perhaps. I'm not sure if that's what they're going for. But the acquisition and data analysis of materials is just, I think, what? Scientific study of anything that's- a physical material. It's, it's so vague and misleading. And So if you find any kind of material at all, let them know. Well, you and I have done acquisition and data analysis of materials. When we go to the grocery store, if we're buying food, like, oh, Touch I'm not all sh- the fruit. Well, yeah. It's like, I'm not sure if this lime is bad or good. Let me look at the lime. Let me acquire it. I've held it. <laughs> and I'm, an, I'm analyzing its data, the way it yeah. feels, if it's heavy, Maybe good. If it's too soft, I don't know if I want that because it might be spoiling. So you and I have done some atoming multiple times. But basically, what Project Atom is, is they're trying to research materials that they have found, like literally found, actually Webster's Dictionary literally have found and acquired from outer space, from uh, what, um, what do they call them? Unidentified aerial threats, which is a UFO, from spacecraft crashes and stuff. Yeah. That they're trying to study these materials that they've found from alien spacecraft and implement their technology into our modern technology. So aliens have put certain things here. Whether they knew it or not. So, so say, like Mountain Dew. Probably well, alien related are you now why do you think that's alien related because look at it oh just the color it's like it tastes i'm sorry but i don't like it it tastes gross it tastes fake it tastes like chemicals like if you were gonna drink something on another planet it would probably taste like mountain dew you think it would taste like yeah well i like how you said it tastes fake because it's extremely fake fake. it's extremely It's like a sugar drink well yeah it's 100 percent. it's just a sugar drink what's more alien surge or mountain dew they're both pretty bad. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I've never had a surge. Never. No. When I was in high school, and surge and surge still existed, I had four sur- surges in four. Uh, sorry, four surges in two hours one time when a bunch of my buddies were over because we were just excited and having a good time, and I was hmm. very hyper, very awake. I would imagine. Yeah, I think my. I heart- mean, any of those pops are just sugar drinks. They're my heart stopped <laughs> for walking. <laughs> and it beating. hasn't restarted. It was beating so fast that. It was sort of turned into one long 
heartbeat. See, that's why it's alien-like. Because maybe aliens' hearts need to beat like a way faster than a human heart. Maybe so. So they surge up. Surge up. And it's called surge. Yeah, which is And it's called Mountain Dew. Like they're like, huh, what's something that doesn't seem suspicious is like human-like? Oh, Mountain Dews? (laughs) Oh, the dew of a mountain. That's probably it. Let's make the can bright green. I wonder I wonder if someone whoever whoever We'll we'll get into my topic, I promise. But whoever thought of Mountain Dew, if they were if they were camping, say they're in the beautiful Pacific Northwest on a on on a mountain camping up high, and they wake up in the morning and they unzip their tent or their bivy, whatever they're sleeping in, and they pop their head out, and there is you know some plants, and they just put their tongue out and lick the early morning dew off of the plants. They're like, ooh, I have an idea. I know what that tastes like, and they made Mountain Dew. Like Mountain Dew should be the name of like a water bottle company, like Aquafina or something. Yeah, not like a See, sugar surge, drink. Surge is a is a name that I would more associate with artificial, violently yellow green liquid. What's Sierra? See, okay, Mountain Dew, Sierra Mist, another sort of like a what geological or environmental phenomena that is turned into drink form. Yeah, it's a bunch of scientists that don't go outside, and they're like, well, what do you think? The dew of a mountain tastes like. That's probably refreshing. Let's put that as the name of our it drink. It tastes tastes like yellow six and <laughs> yellow four. Mm. Aren't those some of the things? I Probably. Man. So that's this has been our new segment called Mountain Dew Bash, where we bash, <laughs> mount, sorry, pop bash, where we bash a bunch of sodas and drinks. But anyway, so. Project Adam. So yeah. all of these materials are taken from crash sites where UFOs have crashed and they've borrowed their material like some of the metals are extremely extremely strong but also extremely light and we don't have these types of metals on earth so scientists are well, taking apparently them. we do because they have them well now we do yeah but their project adam is essentially reverse engineering these things so taking them and then engineering them down to where they started so they can figure out how to make it okay here's a quote from their <laughs> website which i mean don't get me wrong. The whole concept of finding alien technology and engineering it and making it our own sounds great. Cool. Why not? Why not have super light metal that can travel very fast and is uh, impervious to heat or damage? But, I just didn't think aliens were going to come back up in the show so soon. Well, I got the email. It's breaking booze. <laughs> Tom sent me the email. Okay. And the the subject of the email was, where are you? Which is that fun uh, Blink-182. Yeah, it wasn't. It just said Project Adam. But here's a quote. It's a very, very long sentence. It's one. This is one sentence, which this is all I gathered from it. So from To The Stars Academy regarding Project Adam, quote, Our research interests include theories of space-time, gravity, and cosmology, studies of the quantum vacuum, modifications of standard theories of electrodynamics, interstellar flight science, and the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, specifically as these topics may apply to developing innovative space propulsion and sources of energy, end quote. Holy smokes. There are... I think five semicolons and one comma, no, like four commas in this sentence. It's a, it's a big sentence, and it's so vague. It makes not a lot of sense. That's all. <laughs> That's my breaking booze. So stay tuned for Project Adam from our friends over at To The Stars Academy. And see what they can find. Well, they've already found it. Oh, they just so won't tell anyone. Get ready for the next line of Tesla cars to have metal that is... 100 times lighter than the metal they're using now or like than carbon fiber. And it can also, you can push a button and you can teleport because of alien technology. Okay. Okay. My topic this week <laughs> yeah. uh, comes from the UK, our friends over in foggy London. Yeah. Now, there's a new show coming to, I probably, I'm not sure if it's BBC or Sky or something called Help, My House is Haunted. Creative name. Help, my house is haunted. I mean, it gets to the point. Honestly, it's a better name than, no offense, in like Ghost Adventures. It's, it's well, they a, have adventures with ghosts. Yeah, but they're not really like adventures. I think of adventures as like, I don't know, Lord of the Rings. Or like why, did a, this, why does it need to be help, though? Maybe just like, hey. Hey, my house is haunted. My house is haunted. Because <laughs> maybe or, some of them are excited. What the? My house is haunted. <laughs> well, wouldn't you know it? Well, oh, no. My house is haunted. I was going to say blimey, but I think that's an Australian or like a New Zealand thing. Crikey. My, no, that's even more so. That's Yeah, you're going the wrong direction. It's haunted, isn't it? My house is haunted. My bloody house is haunted. Bloody heck. My house is haunted. <laughs> well, this is a show in the UK where a group of paranormal, we'll say quote unquote experts, 
Okay. People write them emails or internet internet messages and tell them that their houses are haunted for sure and they need to go to their house and help and help them expel the demons. That's okay. what this show is all about. I mean, it's a it's a pretty apt name. So it's like most other ghost shows. But a lot of the ones here, they're not really going to try to get rid of them all. They're they're just going to investigate. But this one's like yeah. removal of ghosts. They're actual ghost busting. Yeah. Which is very cool. So in the UK, there's a word for this guy. His name is Dr. Uh, Dr. Jeff Ellis, and he works with stati- statistics. And I'm his actual title, I'm it's very hard to say this word. A statistician. Uh, yeah. So he's a statistician. He works with statistics. <laughs> it's really hard. I would just rather be called like information man or okay, something. Or I like... think that's really great. Okay. I think that's really great. <laughs> so further proof that you and I don't talk about this before because I would have been like, Lens, what's a better word for statistician? <laughs> and you would have said info boy. So Dr. Jeff Ellis is an info man. And he says 39% of people in the UK have reported seeing a ghost. of people claim they know someone who has seen a ghost, and 64% of people believe that their pets can see ghosts. Yeah. So So there's always that theory is like, why is my cat just staring in the spare room for hours? I may or may not have collected information on that for a future episode. Oh. Maybe. Stay tuned. Sneak peek. Okay. Puppy paranormal pups. But (laughs) what I think is funny is 67% of people say, Oh, I know a bloke who's seen ghosts. 64% say, my pet has for sure seen a ghost. I haven't. But only 39% of people say that they've seen a ghost. So that's not a huge rate. It's not. I mean, it it seems a little bit more outlandish that 64% of people said, I've never seen a ghost, but my ferret has seen a ghost. I haven't. Yeah. I just thought that that was a very weird sign. But if you think that your house is haunted... I have the 10 signs to tell if your house is for sure haunted beyond a reasonable doubt you have a, you are living inside of a haunted house and okay. you need to call help my house is haunted so they can come to your house and expel your demons. Okay. okay. Well, I feel like there's a lot of things that could trigger if your house is haunted. These are 10 that are definitive though. Okay. I mean, there are a lot. Like if you're sitting down and all of a sudden you see a ghost, (laughs) your house might be haunted. If you like hear the toilet flush and there's poop in there, (laughs) (laughs) like maybe it used your bathroom. (laughs) Wouldn't it be the other way around? You get home and your dishes are done. Like what? what? For sure you have a ghost. Well, bloody heck. If you get home and there's a ghost there. Yeah. Hello. If you find a note on your counter that says, I'm a ghost and I'm living in your house. What's the ghost's name? Signed? Charles. Oh. Last name? Charles. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know his last name. Charles. Ugh, good last name. I can't seem to remember that one. I'll just I just write, really like Charles. I'll just write my first name again. <laughs> it's a good name. Charles. Charles. Would would Charles Charles the ghost shorten his first name or would it just always be, would it be like Chucky Charles or like Charlie Charles or just Charles Charles? It could be any. I mean, it depends on what kind of relationship you are in with Charles. Like, If you have, wait a second. If you have two first names for your first and your last name, like Tim, Rick, <laughs> could you? Yeah. How people shorten their first names. Why doesn't anyone ever shorten their last name? Well, like if I, your last name's Charles. Okay. If your first name's Charles. Yeah. Call me Chuck. Call me Charlie. Call me Chich. Call me Mr. Chichi. Chuck. Call me Mr. Chuck. But oh, but your last name's also Charles? Yeah. Do I shorten that one? No, it's my last name. Don't be silly. You could shorten your last name for sure, right? Well, I mean, my last name used to be Swartzlander and people call me Swartz. But as a nickname though. But yeah. like people, people like named Robert. People go by Bob. Oh, so but changing like, your last name from Robert to Bob. Yeah. If your name's Robert Robert. If you have Robbie, last Bobby. name William, why can't it just be Bill? Yeah, if your first name if your first name's William or last name's William, why couldn't it be Willy Billy? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't I know. Think about that. Think sure, about I that. don't know if there's people out there that shorten their last names. We want to hear about it. <laughs> Get at us at uh, Spooky. <laughs> That's just so dumb. Spooky underscore spouses on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Seems like a Twitter seems like a Twitter debate. You can email us at spookyspousescast at gmail dot com. Yeah, I mean you can do whatever you Just want. Just send us your shortened name. What would so what would yours be now like so Reed is difficult to shorten because it's already one syllable. Yeah, like we can't do anything about no, that. No, there's I don't nothing think. cool about that one. No. Like Lynn's. Okay, that's fine. You, yeah. You go People by used Lins. to call me Lou. Yeah. But Lou. then it's like I have Lou Reed, so that kind of doesn't work now. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, some people might think that's cool, but Lou Reed fans. Lou probably. Reed fans. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a side business. I know. I know a few people. Well, I don't know them personally, but I, I've I've seen recently a few people. I would assume with the first name Jordan, guy or girl doesn't matter, who go by Jordy. And I don't know if I like that or not. I used to be called Jordy when I was younger, but I think like owning the name Jordy as an older person. I don't know. What do you think? What do you, maybe not. If you want. Mm, I feel like I need to be like really fashionable. Yeah. Okay. 10 ways to tell if your house is for sure haunted and you need to contact Blimey, My House is Haunted, the new UK show. Number one, feeling like you're being watched when you're alone. Yeah. I think that one's fairly common, right? Yeah. Number two, feeling a sudden and inexplicable change in temperature or a sudden static or electrical charge in the air. All of a sudden, like nothing's out of nothing's out of the ordinary. Your pets aren't running around. You're not sitting. You're not taking a nap next to like your power strip where you plug in all your stuff. Your air conditioning didn't just kick on. Exactly. Right. Nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. But all of a sudden you feel super cool or you get a static charge. Ever happened to you in this house? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not in this house number three household objects mysteriously disappearing and or reappearing in different places i would say if uh, household objects mysteriously just disappear i would say well ding 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 you got a ghost if they reappear in a different spot that's weird i would say okay ding 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 you got a ghost yeah i mean these are all pretty common like exactly yeah things. this is this is this is the like basic list of stuff yeah like, I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show, but the stuff that we got originally, and I, I, I told Matt, who won our first giveaway about the Mothman stuff, we got a bunch of stuff from the Mothman Museum in our house, gone. It was gone within that like two days. Just yeah. vanished. Yeah, it was so bizarre. We had it sitting on our counter, and then it was just it was just gone. Totally gone. It didn't fall behind anything. We even like, I upended our recycling bin outside and looked through it. Gone. Nothing. We had to rebuy Mothman stuff. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, super weird. So maybe that's one on our list. Hearing unexplained whispers, footsteps, thuds, or someone calling your name. Well, yeah. Lens. Huh? Hello? Hello. Charles, Charles. Chucky Charlie. Huh? Downstairs. Hey, come downstairs for a free prize. You won. What did I win? Uh, I don't know. Come down here. I'll see what I can do to you. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. Uh, I think these ones can sort of be tossed away as just being typical house sounds. Right. Seeing shadows or movement out of the corner of your eye. I did. I did. Uh, I did think. I thought I saw you moving behind me the other day in our house early in the morning, but you weren't. I'm not sure what Where that was. Where was that at? I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth, and I thought that you had walked from our bedroom to our small office, and you did not. You were still asleep. But I'm not sure. Maybe it was Molly walking around, but it seemed taller. But maybe it was also just like the reflection and like the sides of my glasses from Molly moving around. I don't know. See, I mean, I tend to see shadows too, but I also have bangs that shoot out of my head. And sometimes the tips of my hair scare me because I think it's a shadow. <laughs> and it gets me every time. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> So yeah, that's cool. Okay, well, it doesn't say anything about your hair in here. The next one, frequent electrical problems such as lights turning on or off inexplicably or appliances working or not working or acting up. I don't think we've really had this problem. No, I mean, our we do have the 1960s Frigidaire Flare oven. So acting yeah. up is like, you know, at least it works today. You know, our uh, our freezer we've we've talked about sounds like a baby raccoon yelling. Oh yeah, it glitches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it makes a yelp. I did it early, when was it? Yesterday morning. Uh, and I had to unplug the fridge and plug it back in so it didn't wake you up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome. Thank you. The feeling of being touched by unseen hands. I've never really felt that in our house. No. I'm trying to think too, like even in uh, my mom and dad's house growing up, I don't think I there were a lot of these. Maybe like unexplained noises, but the house wouldn't... I don't think I've ever been touched. No, me either. I I've also, unless like, you know, whether we were walking around the ridges in Athens or when we were in Mansfield... I'm not sure, unless it's like super, super hot in, in the, the, the building you're in, and then all of a sudden you get a rush of cold air, I've never felt that like change in temperature drastically enough to be like, oh, for sure, paranormal activity. Yeah. I've always just thought, oh, it's an old building. I guess just being touched, I mean, they're not going to touch you very hard for the most part. I mean, some people have been, you know, they claim to be like pushed or, or scratched. Yeah. But like, if you're going to get tapped by a ghost, 
most of the time you probably wouldn't feel it. I would think so, Unless right? you were really concentrating on feeling that. Because they, they, you know, being the quote-unquote paranormal experts, or just people who are much more familiar with, like, doing paranormal investigations, they say that it takes a ton of energy for a spirit or an apparition or something to manifest or to like push something over or touch somebody. So I would think that like even just for like a grab or a poke or a scratch would take like, like what was it from? I love you, man. Everything you got. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But maybe you and I just don't know because this hasn't happened to us. And like if if it were to happen, we'd be like, oh, I know for sure that that was a demon and that wasn't just like my right. shirt. I don't know. Whatever. Unusual smells like perfume, scents, uh, per- perfume scents, perfume, flowers, cigars, cigarettes, fr- uh, food, or even like death and decay. And a lot of people associate that like sulfuric sort of rotten egg smell with demonic activity. I've never smelt anything like that while we've been doing ghosty stuff. I've also never just gotten a whiff of perfume or flowers. No, not unless I'm like somewhere where there might actually be like candles or flowers or... Same. Waking up unexpectedly between 3 and 4 a.m. and sensing dread or fear or feeling like you're being watched. I think, you know, people typically wake up in the middle of the night, whether they're anxious or stressed or whatever. I don't necessarily think that that's paranormal. And I think like... Well, I think because like 3 o'clock is supposed to be... 3 o'clock is supposed to be like... The witching hour. So, I mean, a lot of people know that. So it's like if you wake up at three o'clock, you're already like anxious because you're like, oh, that's weird that I woke up at three. Yeah. And then you could feel like a little paranormal or I don't know. I don't know either. See, I, I would just think waking up in the middle of the night, the reason why people might feel anxious is five days out of the week, if you're working full time, you're like, oh, my, my alarm didn't go off and you wake up really quick. Maybe that's something. Maybe, yeah. it's a, maybe, maybe it's as simple as that. I don't know. The last one, feeling super sad or feeling grief or like really heavy emotions in certain areas or rooms in your house. I guess I could see that, but I think that's just like a weird thing. I don't know. I mean, it is a wacky thing. Like you have emotions and it's just kind of like, well, I'm kind of bummed out today. Just having a bum day. Well, like earlier before we recorded, we were looking for a snack. Walk in the kitchen. I'm already, out. I'm already a little bit bummed out because I like I know we need to go grocery shopping today. So like, all we got is gummy worms and honey grams. <laughs> we also have some rice and some cabbage. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> we need groceries. We need groceries. If you want to send us groceries, you can guess our address and just send us a few groceries. That's fine. But that's all I have. That's the list of like the basic quintessential your house is for sure haunted call the call these people in the uk have them come bust ghosts out of your house yeah or you might just have a really poopy roommate (laughs) and they mess with your stuff and they smell bad Mm -hmm. and they wake you up at 3 a.m yeah like what's worse having like frat boy roommate or like a ghost i I think i would take the ghost yeah i would 100 million percent i would rather have a ghost because when I was an undergrad and I lived in a house, the reason why I think I'm as neat as I am now is because I woke up one day and I went into our kitchen and there was a bucket of water with a piece of pizza floating in it. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think this is terrible. And I wasn't the one who put the pizza in the water bucket. But I remember like I would I would usually stay in my room. But I remember thinking, oh, I get it. I hate I hate this uh, bucket of water with pizza in it. This is a metaphor now for the rest of my life. For what's happening in this house. Terrible. Yeah. Take the ghost. I told you the story the other day. We also had two couches on our front porch and there was a squirrel living in one of them. Yeah. A little squirrel porch friend. Yeah. This is our friend. But also, I don't think you need a couch on your porch. No. Have a couple chairs. Couches on porches gross me out because unless they're outdoor furniture patio stuff, don't have them on your porch. Because any of our listeners, if you have a, a like an indoor couch outside on your porch, just don't. When when you said couches and porches, you reminded me of the song My Favorite Things, but it's like a song about things that are like bad in a house. You know what I mean? These are a few of my least favorite things. Couches and couches on porches and pizza <laughs> and buckets. <laughs> Beer yeah. bottles under my blankets, but they're not mine. That's my song. Oh, the first one was good. Yeah, the first one was good. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, nice. I'm glad Thanks. that you gave us a little uh, 101 on if you have a ghost infestation. Yeah, that's remedial ghost infestation. That's your 
that's your intro course and do a ghost infestation in your house. Those are the basics. Maybe next time we do, we go to the 200 level and we start talking about really intense hauntings in your house. How, how, how to tell. I mean, it's yeah. pretty obvious though, I think, after that. Well, that's all I have. Awesome. Thanks, Lens. <laughs> If you have any stories, if you know that your house is haunted, or if you have any information uh, dealing with Arliss or anyone from the process, you can send us an email at spookyspousescast at gmail.com. You can write to us on Twitter or send us a picture of your dog or cat, doesn't matter, on Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. Yeah, and thanks again for all our listeners. There was no you, there would be no us. And if you haven't yet, please be sure, if you like the show, to subscribe to it. Uh, Rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps us out. Uh, We start popping up in the, hey, if you like this, maybe you'll like the reads. That would be great. If you have a minute, we'd love it. Yeah, and thanks again for the awesome music by Eli Chambers that you hear at the beginning, middle, and end, and our family at the uh, Scavengers Network. Thank you, everyone, over at the Scav Crew. Scav Fam Lit Fleek Squad Goals. Check out some other cool podcasts on that network as well. Academy Outcasts, State Your Case, Journey Under 30, Myth Takes, Historical Hotties. There's others too, and they're all very good. Yeah, thanks again. Well, until next week, have a have a pizza bucket sort of a Tuesday. Have a Stanford Satanic Saturday. Ah, the three S's. Ooh. Super secret stuff. That's SSS. Yeah. Well, everyone... <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. What about if I'm here? What about if I'm here? That's probably fine. Yes, I'm about this far away from my microphone. How far are you? Around this. Cool.